welcome to Screenfish Radio. I am so glad you could join us today because it is season 10 and we are just getting started once again. Here we are tonight to talk about dumb money. Uh, the, the tale of the GameStop fiasco that rocked the financial world only a couple of years ago. And if you're talking about a film called Dumb Money, you need smart guests. And tonight, I have two great ones. Daniel Moranin and Screenfisher Jason Ty. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks, Steve. I am really grateful you could be a part of this. Thanks, guys, so much. It's going to be fun. Uh, so for you at home, grab your chicken tendies because we're going to talk about Dumb Money. Dumb Money tells the story of everyday people who flip the script Wall Street and get rich by turning GameStop into one of the world's hottest companies. In the middle of everything is Keith Gill, a regular guy who starts it all by sinking his life savings into the stock. When social media posts start blowing up, so does his life and the lives of everyone following him. As a stock tip becomes a movement, everyone gets wealthy until the billionaires fight back and both sides find their worlds turned upside down. The film stars Seth Rogen, Paul Dano, Shailene Woodley, Pete Davidson, Sebastian Stan, America Ferreira, and more. And, as always, this podcast is rated S for spoilers. So, gentlemen, let's dive in. What did you think of Dumb Money? I can go first. I saw it, I ended up seeing it three times in total. Um, one at TIFF, one with you guys, and one with someone else. It was really good. Um, I liked it a lot. Um, I think it did well to portray the events of that that week well, but also <clears throat> like the months before. Uh, I knew bits about like his life and whatnot, uh, but it, it's cool to kind of like dive in and, and learn more. Uh, the acting performances were very well. Good cast too. I'm surprised it didn't do better on the box office. Um, but no, they also did really well portraying like the Reddit, uh, the subreddit Wall Street bets. Um, like they didn't like kind of censor them or anything. Like the, the language is very vulgar, uh, but I, I like that they kept that. And then like the big memes that they showed in the movie were things posted as well in the subreddit. Um, so I liked it a lot. I don't think there's anything I could have, I, that I felt missing that could, should have been added or anything. Mm. Yeah, like uh, I agree with some points with Jason. Like it was, it was pretty funny. Like, uh, like uh, Paul Dano, Seth Rogen, uh, Nick Offerman. You just had like a stacked cast of of just really talented people. Um, I guess some parts that I, I've been thinking about this a lot because it's a biographical comedy movie about the GameStop like saga and i feel like it was only covering like a portion of, of the story i don't know it's like um it it's one of those things where maybe it wasn't taking itself too seriously but then it was taking a very serious topic that was talking about money and and trading and making very risky options on a comedic tone. Yeah, I, I was thinking about it a lot. Like, did I like the movie? Yeah, like, it was okay. Like, was it an excellent movie? Like, I don't think so. Like, um, 
I, I just thought maybe like um, maybe it could have been taken more seriously rather than like putting all these comedic tones. Like, because um, I I followed it with Jason as well, and while it it was it was darkly funny in how it happened, it was also scary to me about like how how it felt like a very like um, vulnerable and like dangerous situation for a lot of people while at the same time really profitable from from what I saw and yeah like I I, I don't know as much probably the same as Jason but we, we followed reddit like we followed like the Wall Street bets and I we both watched it grow and like um yeah i felt like something was missing from the movie but as a comedy it was pretty funny <laughs> like I, I i'd give it like a a solid like seven out of ten now did you like the big short i did i liked it a lot oh yeah yeah it was much more serious yeah big short was yeah oh you i didn't think so, so. No, I oh. thought this. I thought that was much sillier than this one. Really? I mean, like sillier, like in a cynical sense. No, yeah. I mean sillier is in the tone, the film's tone, because this one may have a light, had a lighter tone in terms of its writing. That one really was bouncing off the walls. I mean, any film that tries to explain key financial concepts with Margot Robbie in a bathtub. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like it was I mean, they had more serious moments, I think, because they had bigger speeches. Uh yeah. short had a lot of bigger speeches, right? Like you give Ryan Gosling the you know, the floor and say, Go do things and, and, and like that. But I didn't think it was much I didn't think it was any more serious than this. Yeah, I mean we're we're just comparing the seriousness of both movies. I I think they're both trying to send the same message about something that happened in, in the economy. And, and it's, it's, it's interesting to try to retell these stories in a comedic tone. And then, but also at the same time, take it very seriously mm. and convey a message. And um, makes me think of like, are, are these, are these a good way to retell these these stories that where a lot of people, I, I would say a lot of people got hurt by both of these events. Oh, interesting. So you're one of the things you think is that you should they shouldn't have even gone with the comedy because no, 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 like, um, I don't think so. Like, like, I'm mixed on it, you know, like, it's, it, it was entertaining. And that's what they're going for. But um. I don't want it to set a precedent for people to not take these things um, like seriously, pretty much like the idea of of putting your life savings in something that could pay off really well and and essentially almost practice gambling in a way like just just making like my own saying my own thoughts like I think it's it's I don't want to make a, a, a statement that that you don't have to do this like i'm just opening the conversation like is this safe is this okay because like 
when the the crash happened from i was only a child but then i i heard the stories of, of people struggling to pay off like their mortgages and people having to go bankrupt and and there wasn't anything funny about that but there was something funny about like the gamestop yeah. event but not entirely you know it because it is different because 2008 was about you know the bank the corporate executives from banks giving mortgages to people that couldn't afford it and then after that happened they lose their homes and then majority of america blamed poor people and immigrants this so it was like poor taking from it was the rich taking from the poor and then in this movie it's all about like it's the opposite it's the rich taking from or it's the poor taking from the rich right yeah uh, so it's a very different vibe i would say and yeah it, the, go ahead jason i'm sorry no no please go oh, ahead i was gonna say i think the comedy is so ingrained with this movie just because you need a little bit of that just because of uh, if it's a finance related movie it, even if it's a small amount of finance uh, i think like the general audience is gonna kind of get maybe not as interested or bored like it's hard to pay attention that's why the big short had like those margot robbie scenes and stuff uh, yeah. also i do think it's because of the subreddit wall street bets is so comedy focused that they kind of had to lean into that and was like you can't have like a super serious movie and then show like a reddit post and it's like super hilarious like, like that's fair yeah yeah i i i loved this film actually surprisingly i i know so many other critics that are just either mid i think it's either mid or it's like it was fine but i had a blast in it and i like that and and i joke with you guys all the time like when you talk about financial concepts i cannot understand them which my 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 retired my retired accountant father uh <laughs> is devastated <laughs> by the lack of understanding uh of his of his adult son but i truly just don't get it and um they framed this film in such a way that the only people who are losing out are the big banks um the hedge funds the hedge funds yeah, exactly. the hedge funds. yeah. yeah i don't even know that no I'm kidding. <laughs> um but in all seriousness like that is that still has and no pun intended a robin hood vibe to it and i i i really dug it i really dug it uh, there the my one qualm with it and i i i mean this film actually used pete davidson well so to me i think the, <laughs> the cast great and it's such a strange qualm for a film like this and it might tap into something that you're saying daniel maybe i'm not sure but the one thing that i would say is the i i felt like they for a, I, for a film that focused on the stories of so many people, they didn't really tell me so much as to why it mattered. Or maybe it just, I didn't feel it, like, because that tone was lighter. No, I mean, it, it was weird. I, I don't know. Maybe I just didn't connect with the some of these some of the characters as much as I wanted to. You know what? Right. I, I could be wrong. You know what's crazy? <clears throat> They're all, um... They're all based on real people. Yes, yes. Know like Stonkmon, the, the username that's America Ferreira's account. Oh, wow. Um, 
I think like another thing with, with going on with Reddit and, and just like people in general, which I'm surprised this movie didn't do as well. Uh, there's a, like a big like anti-work subreddit as well as just Wall Street Bets Reddit that like popped off at the same time. And it was basically all about like how hard it is like to survive and, and like how like you're working so hard for so little. And I, so I think having their, so me personally, I, I think having their stories really amplified it. And like, it also mm. shows like how, like they didn't make like, like millions, like those, those side characters, they made like a couple hundred grand, right? But it was like super life-changing to them mm. while these, you know, billionaires have way more and it's like kind of meaningless. I want to know more about like how Steve like didn't connect with it. Cause like, I think for me, I, from what I'm seeing between you guys, it's just a, a difference of ideals of like what's important to you. Like there's a lot of classist like themes in this movie, clearly like showing stories of working class people and ultra privileged rich people and and like um, a lot of themes of, yeah, I guess just a Robin Hood theme that, yeah. that that we just need to be able to distribute resources more evenly for everyone or else like um, people will just steal from the rich. I want to say, I, it's not that I, I was pulling for the rich guys. I <laughs> love the story. As the film goes on, more of the character moments is them just saying, should we keep trying to make more money? Or not make more money and and i feel like at the first part of the film it told me more about them as people and then it just became about whether or not they're going to hold and that's all i'm saying um it is but that, i do think it was interesting because some of them were genuinely holding in the movie at least generally holding because this would hurt uh basically the hedge funds and the only one that fully committed to that, which I thought was interesting, was America Ferrera's character, and she lost everything. Mm. And yeah, I don't know what that says about. I don't know if that's like a commentary, like why they specifically chose her story because she did lose everything. But so I, I guess that like not everyone won in that in that story of hedge funds versus like working class people. I think Steve, like other than them just like in their like second and third act of them, like, oh, are we just gonna keep holding and make more money? There's also a lot of emotional ties to why they're doing it. And it, it goes back to like the classist theme. Like there's a lot of rhetoric in that movie for the working class characters that they're doing this because it's awesome to make money, but also they want to be able to steal from the rich like and also like um that one student i forgot her name but she had a bit of like a uh like i think her main story of why she held was because like her dad's yeah. business was taken advantage of by by hedge funds the those are the moments yeah. i wanted more of that's right. what i'm saying those that's are the moments true. i cared about yeah and then it became we lost that as the film goes on it became more like that i'm not saying i that i didn't care about the characters they're all wonderful they're great characters great performances 
What I'm saying is that the writing sort of, they sort of establish who they are and, and then it's just about, do we hold or do we not like diamond hands, whatever. Uh, and yeah. it was just, I, that was just something for me. I said, it was very minor. Yeah. Um, you know, I wasn't pulling for the hedge funds on this one. I, <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't standing there. I didn't feel bad for Gabe Plotkin. All right. I'm, just, I'm not rooting for Keith Gill. Of course, Sebastian Stan. <laughs> I said, if she, if he had just sold his vibranium arm, he would have had, a, he, he, they would have gotten the money back. I think that was essentially like the rest of their storylines until like the result of like what happened with, with the GME stock. Like there wasn't much to it. They're like, it just showed their net worth, net worth after. And I guess like nothing else. I, I think it showed it, it did, yeah. the aftermath of what happened. Like they could pay off their student debts and then some could buy a house uh, and then some were just kind of screwed. But No, I actually appreciated the ending more. And I was, and I was glad that, like you said, Jason, they, they was based on real people. I was glad for that because um, as they're going through the ending, and they're telling you how much people are worth uh, at that point or how much their stocks are worth. Like, it's good to see that, but it's also important to know that not everybody won. Like I think Daniel was saying like uh, stonk mom or whatever her name was, you know, she, uh, it's such a funny struggling. Name. It's uh, like, she's still struggling and hoping that things are going to bounce back, but she poured so much in. And that's the thing about the stock market. Like you just, you just never know what you're going to get. You never know what's going to happen. Forrest Gump line? What? That's oh, that's yeah. what life is like a box oh, of chocolates. You just said like a Forrest Gump. That, that was you never know what you're going to get. Um, I, I want to go back to something. I think it was Jason that, that tapped into here. The idea of the stock being a battle. Because... Uh, what we see with, uh, what's the main guy's name? I'm sorry. It's, um, Keith Gill. it's Keith Gill, right? Yes, that's right. I thought Keith Gill was, uh, the heavy investor, but no, that Keith Gill is, is the main character, Paul Dano. Um, they treat the, the, the people of wall street bets treat him like this is a revolution yeah. But was it? And I don't, I'm not sure the film knows. I'm not sure the film actually says. Do you think that it was a legitimate revolution or was it just a guy trying to, I'm going to use the wrong language here, but float a stock or increase a stock, I should say, to, uh, until he can sell? I mean, like a revolution is just to overthrow whoever they were targeting. And like it really did end up like bankrupting. Citadel, the company, but uh, I could be wrong, but I Googled it. But then the same guy who owns Citadel, like, he's still really freaking it's, um, rich. So it's, it's making me think, like, Melvin Capital was the one that went bankrupt. Oh, that was Melvin or Melvin Citadel. Was, uh, Seth Rogen. Citadel, Citadel own is a bigger hedge fund, and they gave Melvin Capital oh, additional. a couple billion uh, to buy yeah. some of the company. So that investment is gone because it went bankrupt. Uh, but they also had uh, Citadel, Citadel Securities, which uh, was how Robinhood was doing their order flow and getting like a mm -hmm. rebate off of 
Uh, so that's Citadel. Um, but no, to answer your question, I, I think it was a little bit of both. Realistically, I don't I don't think any any person. I mean, I'm sure there's some, but I don't think any person would do it just for like an actual revolution. And even if you look at his Reddit post history, like he when his first post about GameStop was about like making money, it wasn't about like overthrowing a major organization. I do think it did change though, like part of his using the why holding so long. Uh, but I, I think it's like 50 50, probably. Yeah. Yeah, he made disclaimers that this is, you know, it's just his opinion with, with GameStop. Like, not everyone has to follow it. And then I guess at some point, people just started to see it as a revolution. It was, it was, it started out as not one, and then it became an opportunity to be one. Okay, but yeah, okay. So was it an opportunity to be a revolution or was it an opportunity to make some cash? Like, I guess it was both. Because it it was a revolution in terms of them, you know, basically taking money from, you know, Wall Street and big hedge funds as opposed to the other way around. Robin Hood. But yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then also by them doing that, you also get money. Like the two things were correlated. In the action maybe for some people for sure just wanted money i didn't even know what was really going on with that whole like i i was like i heard bits of it but i was when i was there that week i just wanted money yeah <laughs> like yeah i remember you talking to me about this as it was happening and you're sending me screenshots of stuff that's happening and i'm like uh, first of all i had no idea what it meant i i thought i i would have been uh keith's brother um who was like laughing saying this is just idiotic and then be too late to the show that you can't get in the door um but yeah like you you were in it to make some cash when you talked before like you were you were in it you did some stuff and all is i'm going to focus on here for a second at any point did you sit there and say this is this is our moment let's take let's take down the hedge funds My priority, to be honest, I'm sure it's like a lot of people's, it was like, what's the best price to get out at and try to time what is the highest point of this rally? Steve looks so so proud right now. No, I'm not proud. I'm not proud at all. In fact, I I don't think there's anything wrong with what he's saying. I think he's, I think there's nothing wrong with what he's saying. Go ahead, Jason. Sorry. It was definitely, it's definitely like, Priority number one was getting out at a good price. I'll say like it, it was like, how high is this going to go? And then when should I get out? It, it, it wasn't like, I'm going to keep holding. Keep in mind, I only had one. It was different for me because I only had one call option and it was expiring that week. So right. I couldn't hold past that week. So priority number one was just getting out a good price. But by me getting out a higher price wouldn't mean that the hedge fund or whoever is shorting it would pay more though. Uh, but with that being said, it wasn't like, oh my God, I'm, I'm really showing it to a hedge fund or anything. Or I think it wasn't even until like maybe the aftermath that people really understood what they kind of did and like Melvin Capital kept going bankrupt and was 
that was like the real oh my god we that was like our moment like yeah it was it was a crazy like sh- like very condensed week that during that craziness mm. you know i actually think i like that even better jason because to be honest because i don't think it like i mean this film really paints it like this is this is our moment to bring them down and I think, like you, I think a lot of times people, it was just afterwards and they went, whoa, look what we did. Mind you, I don't know. I was not involved. I was, I was, I was on the outside looking in. Um, but I wondered that. And I want, like, I'm okay. I'm okay. Like, if people thought, you know, this is what we're trying to do. I, I'm, I'm just wondering where that line is. Because the film paints uh, Gil as a hero for sticking it to the sticking it to the man and i'm not entirely sure that's what he did you know that's what i mean he, he did i'm sorry i'm not saying he did like he absolutely did but i'm not sure if that's why he did it um maybe it was maybe it was it, it also could have been maybe i mean i'm just viewing it based off his actions and like what he posted on reddit as well in his live streams mm. uh I've only seen clips of them, but he, I think it definitely, it was money first, 100%. Like there's, when he posted that Reddit post, it wasn't like, let's get the hedge funds. It was like, here's my, you know, explanation why I'm putting my life savings in the GameStop. Uh, and then eventually, I think after he saw like the aftermath and, and like basically what was going on, he probably was like, all right, I'm going to maybe commit to this or maybe it was like a character or something, but he did step from the public life. So I don't know. His last Reddit post that he showed was uh, he pulled out 4 million in cash and then he had 200,000 shares of GameStop. That was his last Reddit post. And he was like, I'm, which was a lot of his net worth at the time. And he was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold forever is what he post really yeah i don't know if he's crazy it's very pot like he he never posted his balance uh, ever again after that that was his last post so for all we know he could have just sold like the minute after he took that picture Um, yeah but it was 200k in in the gamestop he was like saying i'm gonna hold like at this price anybody shorting you're gonna have to pay an interest for keeping on to your short interest yeah, it, you know, it's interesting. So, I mean, okay, so you two uh, are are more invested, no pun intended, in, in the financial world in some ways than I, uh, definitely than I am. It, is this something where you see that it actually really changed anything or was it just like a really crazy moment? I don't think it did, uh, unfortunately. Not much. Melvin Capital went under. You know, <laughs> yeah. I think I, I was thinking about this question today, too, in, in preparation for the podcast. And if anything that I learned from it, I remember feeling a bit of passion from following the story of of what was being shared on on like it was a lot of news too, not just like the Wall Street bets, but there's a lot of people being interviewed and newscasters covering it and like this whole sentiment of uh, like bringing down the hedge funds, like uh, 
by the actions of regular folks. And I guess like I, I was having a bit of a, of a, a like an anti-establishment, uh, like, like feelings at the time of like, yeah, like the, the life that I know I'm going to have, I'm going to keep working for a while. And, and then it's all just to help rich people get richer and just to if anything like i i didn't even get invested into it like um like money wise but after that I still followed Wall Street because Wall Street bets is like an ent an entity that could probably bring down other hedge funds. And if, and if there's anything I learned from that is that not really. I I, I personally lost a bit of the money, and after that, I just learned because pretty, yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's what I became. I became I became a loser, and then I learned that like um, that was a moment that I I missed where I could have made a lot of money, and that if if I keep chasing like uh, that moment, then I'm gonna mistreat my money, and that I should just uh, try not to to treat money that way. But I, I'm still happy that a lot of people made money, but you just got the. It's hard to replicate. Just go to the casino and put it on black. <laughs> Do that. I think so too. Do that like Good idea, six Jason. Times in a row. But you understand what I mean? Like, um, um, I followed a lot of of activity in Wall Street bets after that, and after sorry, after GameStop, and it was a lot of people still trying to replicate that same event with different stocks, Bed Bath and Beyond, Netflix. Ooh. Um, so many other stocks and a lot of people put a lot of their savings according to what I saw on Reddit people would, would make claims like yeah I'm putting a portion of my money sometimes large amounts and I think this is the next big thing and then the, most of the time it wasn't maybe some people made money like if anything like um, yeah like it's it's made some people really FOMO out and then like uh, like maybe act out on it and then like in my case like I, I just learned from it what was the question Steve? I said did oh, it change anything? I think it didn't I really think it didn't <laughs> I, I really think it didn't if anything the only maybe major change is probably worse for the retail investor uh, at the end of the movie, and I, I actually thought this was a bad thing. Uh, they said hedge funds, 85% of hedge funds now look at like basically any online forum for uh, information, like basically dumb money information. Uh, and now they're like actively worried about this ever happening again. <clears throat> so I guess it did change that, you know, the retail investor can't be ignored. But also, I don't think this will... I think this actually, this GameStop event probably prevented like this from happening again because now companies have massively pulled back on shorting stocks. I don't think 
it's kind of crazy seeing like on Wall Street bets, like people are like, oh, this is the next GameStop. I'm like, there's no way that it's never going to be next GameStop because no no hedge fund is going to over leverage. Never know that. Because <laughs> I, I think, I mean, any hedge fund net from like this point on will know never to overly short a stock ever again because mm-hmm. of what happened. They never want to be the next game, like Melvin Capital because of that. Yeah. I think I read something online that now, like, like usually when like any investor or like hedge fund, like they study all these factors about with the potential movement of where a stock could go. But now, like one of the after GameStop, one of the factors that they consider now is social sentiment, like what is happening online and like considering putting that into their risk. And uh, it's. It's like, uh, it seems like, like, if anything, uh, richer people, if we're going to view them as the villains from the movie, like, they got smarter? Mm. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, I mean, you've seen it with so many stocks, like, where people just like the stock, and it'll, it'll go up. Like, Tesla's another big one. Um, yeah. That, that's happened, too. Um, it's pretty nuts. And I hate that nothing... You know, to answer your question again, Steve, I think it's unfortunate nothing has changed, uh, especially like towards the end of the movie as well, where it's like going through the SEC filings where they they found the I don't I don't know if you guys remember this they found the text between Citadel uh, and Robinhood and Citadel was like, hey, shut down the buy option, and that is yeah. illegal. That is manipulating the market. And then mm. nothing, nothing happened. They didn't go to jail or anything. And there's no, to this day, there's no current regulation where it's like, hey, maybe he should have went to jail or like we should change. Like that was clearly manipulation. We got to do better. Like we're not yeah. even doing our jobs. Like we should have arrested him as soon as we found that out. Yeah, that's a lot. Eh? I wanted to ask you guys at some point, we did love this Robin Hood story. Like, it was about like engaging in the financial tool where the more people invest in it, the more they'll have to pay for the stock. And eventually like some people will get hurt from this. And it, it's, it's, it's really good for the ones who, who, who got in early, but then it's just, it, I don't know. It eventually just feels ironic to me where like, it's a revelation, sorry, it's a revolution where a lot of people, will will win but also a lot of people will, will get hurt at like um like the revolution is like at, at the cost of of other people's bank accounts as we saw with like america ferrera's like character hmm. like it like it almost just feels like a just a, another stock manipulation event just covered in the in the, the revolution look of it honestly at, at the end of the day what was the manipulation part i mean like um not that there was someone to blame for stock manipulation but it just happened naturally with like everyone who rallied up but like isn't it technically that a, a stock should be growing just based off its performance and it's like potential revenue growth but if 
if someone, not just Keith, but many other people are just are just spreading the word uh, that they should be buying this because of this reason, rather than like, I don't know, like just a regular aspect of, of business growth, like many other people would do that, like to this day of, of trying to shill a certain product and say that this is really good and that more people should should buy this. But like, it's it's great for me because I did see like the aspect that that you should buy for this really good reason from a classist perspective. But, you know, like, I, I guess in, in any revolution, like regular people get hurt. <laughs> if we're thinking about revolutions in the past, like a lot of people at the front of the war, they, they, they died. <laughs> For, for the good of 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 a cause and it, and it, but then in this case it's it's using a financial tool the the robin robin hood app and like i read people who were who were who bought gamestop at 250 dollars and was hoping it would go up to a thousand and i hope they sold you know yeah. It, like you, and I I don't know if we we didn't bring this up, but then in in the Wall Street Bet subreddit, people will post and tag their wins, and it's it's pretty really impressive. People turn fifty grand to a million, or ten dollars to ten thousand dollars, but people post their loss and dub it as loss porn, and it's it's just people just showing like, yeah, like this is this is their bank account like in a chart. And it's like going up like crazy and they never sold. And then like they're, they're, they've lost like everything or a large portion of it. Like there, there's some parts of it that felt ironic, but some parts that I, I understood. Yeah. I, I like that you bring that up. And I will say just as a side point, cause you brought her up. America Ferreira has had a year, man. She's Barbie. had a year. Now this. And, yeah. and Barbie, that speech, like that speech alone, put her on like the put her on the map. She was great in Barbie, but that speech that she does in Barbie is phenomenal, and she's great in this film. Like I said, all the performances in this, love them. I think uh, every cast member yeah. is clearly having fun. Uh, even the villains are are, yeah. are are having fun. It's it's uh, you know the whole cast is game, no pun intended. Um, but yeah, you're right, Daniel. I mean, there are people like, it's interesting. It's interesting. See the the context of social media on this one strikes me as really, really fascinating because you're right. Like there is this engagement to how we can, con how we control or how we engage finance based on the online platform. Right. So you've got people saying, look, I made, I made $800,000 and, and, and then the next guy tries to top him. Right. Or like, uh, or, or feel like they've missed out. Because that guy did that. Um, and the stock market is just like that in general. But now with a social network, networking platform, um, it actually has changed the way we engage about it. Like before this, you lose a ton on the stock market. Nobody would knew, know except for the people that you had to sell your house to or something like that, really. But now uh, yeah. it's, it's really, really interesting to me. Um, and... Like you said, like there would be people, I'm sure, that were that were um, coming in late to the game, hoping it would go higher because they wanted to get a little bit of a piece of it. And I don't blame them for it. 
it, you know, I, if, uh, yeah. if, if I had understood what was going on and had some money, I would have, I probably would have done it too, to try to make some, there's nothing wrong with that at all. I think it's great. Um, but it, it, cha- it is, I don't know how it changes the way we interact with this stuff, but it feels like some, like to me, it feels like that's shifted. Maybe that's the biggest change. Wall mm. Street, like you said, Jason, they're watching to make sure it doesn't happen again. They're they're limiting their shorts, uh, all these things. They're trying to prevent this from happening again. Um, and uh, something else will happen. Something else will happen because people are looking for it because now people have united in conversation, uh, which is which has its pros and its cons. I mean, there's there's pros and cons to the way that we engage with the world now, which is, I think uh really really interesting because the stock market has always been this other this other thing you know that only a few people understood if you really focused on it maybe you'd get lucky and and make some extra cash um but it's now the whole world can sit on a subreddit and say this is what um this is what we want to do it's fascinating to me fascinating um you know john john rockefeller's one of the quotes that's most attributed to him i can't say whether he said it for sure or not is how much is enough? just a little bit how, someone asked him how much is enough and he said just a little bit more you know? yeah uh, and and the stock market is like that you know oh, just diamond hands another another hour can I make it another hour? You know, it's fascinating to me. Um, anyway, you know what, guys? Honestly, I really appreciate this conversation. It's been so much fun. Um, so, but we we should probably get ready to wrap this up. So let's screen it or skip. Okay. Let's screen it or skip it. <laughs> Dumb money. Screen it or skip it. I, I'd screen it. I think the acting just carries the story enough and it it's it's a really entertaining story that happened like not too long ago. Also like it's funny that they were also putting in that covid story, you know, like in the side like people were still wearing masks and then like the vaccines were being rolled out and like the nasal tests. It's it's like so recent and it, that makes it more compelling for me. That, yeah, that, is, that is interesting. We didn't talk about that at all. Yeah, this was all yeah. of the stuff going on is during COVID. So people were already mad. They were hopped up. Yeah. Did you guys notice how it's funny you mentioned mad? Uh, most characters that were enforcing the mandates were someone like of power or something. Like every, like, for example, that GameStop guy, every time he went in or he had his mask down or something, like his manager was like, hey, mask up, mask up. It's always like someone like enforcing it on them. And then the hedge fund guys had none of that, no mask at all or anything. I think they used it as a metaphor for like, like the power difference and how like laws don't apply to them if you're rich. Um, I mean, the manager also had to wear the mask, but. Yeah, but he was think, enforcing it, is what Daniel is what uh, Jason's saying. Yeah, he was saying make sure I, you have it up. I mean, you, you should have had have it up. Sorry, it didn't really stand out to me. 
Really? He kept saying it multiple times in the movie to the GameStop guy. I don't think it was a coincidence. And he was like, hey, mask up, mask up, mask up, remember your mask. And then I just uh, thought he was being sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say again, the hedge fund guys, they moved their whole company to Florida from New York to Florida because they have the money and there was no mask mandates or anything. And it's funny, they joked in one scene by the pool, uh, to Citadel CEO and and uh, Melvin Kaplan are like, who who turns who listens to the government or who who shuts their business down for the government? Like, what kind of business are you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's like, yeah, I think it was like just them showcasing like how through the okay. pandemic, like oh, like the difference in like laws for different people. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Like the power imbalance. <laughs> For sure. Uh, Jason, screen or skip it? Uh, yeah, screen it. I'm biased, but I think it's really good. It's also uh, just like a really fun movie, and it's not very heavy finance related either, like the big short. It's not like the big short was, but definitely less. Like, you don't really have to understand. You just have to know if the hedge funds, if the stock goes up, hedge funds lose money. That's basically it. Yeah, and then you can make money off. Um, but no, it's it's really fun. Uh, had a good time. Comedy was there. Very interesting. And again, it's based off something that happened not that long ago as well. Oh, great! Yeah, I like this movie a lot more than a number of other people I've talked to, and I really had a lot of fun with it. I, I am not a guy who understands financial concepts. We've made that clear here. So a film like this actually helps me sort of at least understand the feel of what's going on, even when they're talking about the technical stuff. Um, it's a fun story. It's a fun story. in it, it, Or rather, it's being framed as such in a lot of ways. I mean, we've talked about how not everybody wins, which is not fun. We've talked about the, the, the wrestling with justice versus money uh versus greed if you will but no it's just the film just pops it's just it's just fun it's an enjoyable ride i would say i would say screen it i would say at this like you really could stream it as well like this is a film you can watch at home um you don't have to be in theater but i enjoyed it in the theater man like it's i mean hey I just like the film. <laughs> nice. Good. Been planning that all week. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it worked. Guys, thank you so much. I appreciate it. This has been a lot of fun. I appreciate you both. I'm glad that we could have this conversation. Um, for you at home, a reminder that you can find us wherever podcasts are available. Uh, we are starting season 10. It will The rollout of season 10 will be a little less than previous years previous years we had we were pushing nearly 30 episodes uh, but just because of scheduling and some stuff that's going to be happening over the next year uh, I I'm not sure if I'll be able to do it every week like I used to do but I'm planning on doing it regularly so keep that in mind and go to YouTube and subscribe or just to the podcast subscribe to us anyway because every week we have new interviews with uh, with filmmakers for current projects and uh, that are always people, industry professionals. And those are always great conversations to have. 
And if you go to the podcast page at screenfish.net, you can download Fishing for More, which are some podcast questions to help you get the conversation started where you are uh, if you decide to see the film as well. Um, But gents, once again, thank you so much. And for you at home, we started the conversation. This was Screenfish. Fish.